0: Diamond for diamond, no one compares with Mervis. At Mervis Diamond Importers, our natural diamonds come straight from the mines in Africa and our mermaid lab-grown diamonds beat all others for quality and value. Come view our brilliant diamonds, both natural and lab-grown. Mervis diamonds are so bright and full of fire they will blow you away. So will the affordable prices. Our diamonds may steal your heart, but not your wallet. See our mermaid lab-grown diamonds and learn how to get a larger diamond for less. You can get a bigger mermaid lab-grown diamonds than you ever thought possible. And with Mervis Financing, you can enjoy up to 5 years to pay with zero interest. A generous full-value trader policy and our lifetime warranty program easily make Mervis your first choice. When you mount a world-class Mervis Diamond into a designer ring from our huge collection, there is no equal. Mervis Diamond Importers. For an appointment, call 800-HER-LOVE or go to MervisDiamonds.com. Again, that's 800-HER-LOVE. I participate in McDonald's. Hello and welcome to Film Companion. You've tuned in to an exciting new interview podcast with Anupama Chopra. To catch more of what we do, visit us on www.filmcompanion.in.
1: Richard, it's such a pleasure to have you on Film Companion. This is, of course, a first for me. (laughs) I am normally sitting with film artists, not with these sort of superstar global investors and best-selling author types like yourself. But I don't think enough people know that you're a massive movie buff.
2: Totally. And uh, in fact, as I've done my books, including this latest one, it's placed such a powerful image in my head in terms of, you know, what the... What the movie scenes were like. We were, last year we had gone to see a rally of uh, Narendra Modi uh, in Alwar, and the only thing I could think about as I saw that stunning backdrop where you were addressing the rally from was well, this is the place where Karan Arjun was shot. Uh, <laughs> That's so, <fun. laughs> Exactly. So I think that in that you know, uh, and if you uh, cover politics and you write about it. Uh, Bollywood, and film in general, not just Bollywood, regional cinema, is such an important part as far as that culture is concerned. And uh, so I think that that's what I've tried to even bring out in this uh, book of mine about that, where exactly do we see these references? How exactly Mm -hmm. does it play in our mind? But the two are inextricably linked.
1: Also, also sort of, not are they just linked, but they're also crisscrossing in very interesting and sort of surprising ways In this election year, Uh, uh, you know, there are things happening between the worlds of politics and the world of film, and who better to comment on it than you? So this book, of course, which is 25 years of chasing elections across India. I mean, you've been to every state. (laughs) You have met, um, you know, chief ministers who used to be superstars. You've met actors who are leaning into politics. You've seen it from the ground up. So, what is the role that you think films play in this political process?
2: You know, the story of this book is one of many Indians. And I think that that's what comes through even the even the role of film stars and, you know, what role do they end up playing. So, how, how have I seen film stars? I think that it's very interesting that the only place in India where they're truly able to build an entire base of their own is South India, despite their incredible popularity. So, if you look at the film stars in other parts of India, in the North and the West, they can at best draw the crowds to an election rally or contest an election and win one constituency, but beyond that, they don't have much appeal in terms of they don't lead parties, they don't they they can't sort of you know come in and sweep a state. But in Tamil Nadu, we've seen that tradition for many decades now, and even now, you think India has evolved, but even like in Tamil Nadu, they still talk of Rajnikandh, uh you know, Kamal Hassan, if he comes and, you know, what's going to happen to the politics and how much that they will uh, shape. So there's much more cult. So this amazing contradiction as far as India is concerned too, that if you look at the south of India in places like Andhra Pradesh, Tamil Nadu, a lot of cult worship as far as film stars go, which Mm. translates into politics as well in terms of like the base they build. In north and other parts of India, very interesting that film stars face a much Tougher time in terms of their acceptability in politics. Like I have this entire encounter with Jay Prada where we, you know, like meeting her in uh, Rampur, and and she's fighting an election there in 2009, and the kind of hostility that she's facing, and the various cross currents that she's. Uh, you know, you know, sort of facing from there. I mean, I know we all know it's well documented that Amitabh Bachchan got so disenchanted.
0: Absolutely.
2: Uh, uh, he will never do it
0: again. Yeah,
2: because, yeah. you know, once again, he stood from one constituency of Allahabad, swept it at the time when you had the big Rajiv Gandhi way. But after that, it was just so difficult for him to navigate politics. So I think it's a it's this connection which is there and it's very much part of the popular culture. So many of the campaign speeches we hear, they're yeah. s- filled with Bollywood references. Lately, well, we're seeing that, you know, with Uri. exactly how's the josh? Yeah. But even in the past, you know, like, like I remember this election rally and sometimes it's a bit off as well where uh, Rahul Gandhi in 2017, he's campaigning in Uttar Pradesh and he's talking about uh, uh, compa- comparing Narendra Modi with Gabbar Singh in terms of, you know, what he does and comes, right. you know, like right. disturbs your night right. and that kind of, that kind of thing. So ample Bollywood references, but in the end, what is really remarkable maybe you can say it's a good statement about democracy or a, or how you want to take it is that the ultimate power is still with the, with the politician. Yeah. Everybody else, including Godman, Bollywood stars are like the accompaniments that they sort of right. help them. Right. But they're not the people who really drive things. And that's At least what, not
1: in the north.
2: In most parts of India, I'd say except the south. Right. So, like, uh, you know, because you, like even in the east, etc. So, you hear of film stars, you hear of Bhojpuri stars, you hear of mm. other stars, even in Maharashtra. But never before has a film star been able to go and really rule a state the way that they have done in a couple of states in the south, uh, like Tamil Nadu and and Andhra Pradesh. So a very differentiated picture as far as India is concerned and the relationship with film stars, Hmm. even though it is such an integral part of the discourse, of the conversations that we have with these politicians.
1: And you know what's fascinating, in the last month itself, We've had like a bunch of films, which are sort of now what I call political films. So you had, uh, we talked about Uri, which of course sort of reinforces the BJP narrative on the surgical strikes. You had Thakre, you had the accidental prime minister. Uh, You know, biopics of the PM of Rahul Gandhi have already been announced. Uh, Every few months, it seems we get pictures of, um, you know, Prime Minister Modi with sort of A-listers from the film industry. There was one selfie that went viral with, you know, Ranveer yes. and a bunch of people. Do you feel like Bollywood is being hijacked by political parties?
2: Uh, I'd say that as far as Bollywood's concern, what is very clear to me is how scared they are of politics. Yeah. Which is that they really do not want to comment, you know, like it's uh, on political issues and sort of always say the very politically correct things. And that for me is slightly unfortunate because that's not what we get to see in places like America where... You know, but, but
1: Richard, what choice is there? I mean, look at what happens when they have spoken about anything. I mean, yeah. anything. You know, um, uh, people as powerful as Amir and Shah Rukh have just sat there and watched their films be, you know, just trampled on. And finally, that is what they do. That's their work. Yeah, I know. So
2: I think that's the unfortunate part about uh, business and politics in India. That even if you look at the business leaders in India, nobody says a thing against the right. government. Yeah. Uh, and... I think film stars are even more careful, but I still feel that I wish that would change a bit Uh, because you know film stars have much more creative ability, much more sort of thing. Like in America, film stars so openly express their views about politics; Uh, it's there all the time. The most of course tend to be Democrat and uh, stuff, but I wish in India too uh, that you know like it would uh, that the that the film stars would play a, a, a bit more of an active role. Than what they have, but in South India they say it's a totally different picture that they're, they're so active about their political views and yeah. and you know what they think and you know building their, building their bases out there mm. but here I, I guess that this is the country for you, and it tells you about how powerful the politicians are mm-hmm. that they completely reign supreme in most parts, and the film stars are at best just called out to you know as you said that they' hijacked a bit just to draw the crowds and the eyeballs
1: but do you think we should be sort of um I don't know, I, how do we look at these movies? You know, we've never had this spate of sort of political movies.
2: Uh, I don't Not know. true. Uh, I mean, if you, if you remember that, that, the first time I remember that happening with a whole bunch of movies coming through was before the 84-85 election, if you remember. Hmm. Uh, there were all these movies like Inkalab and, you know, like Rajesh Khanna and all doing these movies. Uh, right. Talking about, you know, like a general sense of disgust with the political No, no, what uh, I meant system. was like
1: these biopics. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is like, all feels new and or, or you know, something like The Accidental Prime Minister, which is just pure propaganda. propaganda. I just wish it had been a better film. Yeah, but I think that's <laughs> you know,
2: but I think at the end of it, like it comes to that that, uh, that if you make a well uh, well thought out film like Uri, like you get acceptability, but if, right. it's, you know, if it's seen as a, a tacky propaganda film, mm. you just don't get acceptability for it. Right. Uh, so I think that that way, the you know, like the viewer is being discerning about it. Mm. And like in this country, what's still shocks me is that despite this entire talk of the films and, you know, like we think it's natural, uh, natural conversation, the footfall still remains so small, uh, you know, in terms of how many people are actually seeing these in the
1: yeah.
2: like in a cinema hall, of course, it's much wider once it goes to the television Correct. and other media. Pirated, but, yeah. yeah, exactly. But it's still so small in terms of what it's doing. So I'm still very skeptical of the ability of movies to Move the needle, you know. Really? Th- yeah, in terms yeah. of what people think that they so can this, move the this, needle. The politicians
1: shouldn't be sort of spending energy in making biopics.
2: <laughs> I, well, they like, their job is to throw everything at it. It's, <laughs> right. it's a kitchen sink attitude. Right. But, but but the ability for that to move things, I think, is rather limited.
0: Yeah.
2: If they just look at the footfalls and what they're trying to reach hmm. uh, out there.
1: Yeah, but tell me, just what what should the bollywood artists do given the circumstances that if you say anything at all if you deviate from script at all uh, you know four states will ban your film even if they don't ban the film and they uphold the supreme court judgment the films don't release what should an artist do
2: well i think that uh, as far as an artist is concerned my own sort of feeling is and i guess is to still you know speak as freely as you can but I, i know there are repercussions but the worst outcome is i find is when you end up saying only Nice pro positive things about the government, thinking that you're trying to win favor. I think sure. that also rankles. So you either totally stay out of it and mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm not going to say anything on politics at all because of the repercussions, or or if you sort of end up saying something, don't don't end up sounding sort of so biased and if you're just sucking up to the right. like to the government, that also right. sort of you know I think jars even with the sort of you know more discerning viewer that mm. why exactly is this person is this person doing that, mm-hmm. uh, but. Uh, so I think that's the case but for me the, the big change in Indian cinema which has happened and maybe that's the better way to do it is more stories are being told of what is happening in the hinterland what's right. happening you know like the rise of all these directors that yes. you've uh, sort of spoken about in your previous shows hmm. that they're capturing what's happening in the hinterland and I find that yeah. to bring that out uh, to me is something which is very fascinating so hmm. for example you look at uh, you know like the uh, movies about what's happening in, in like Uttar Pradesh because we like I think that a lot of this crowd in, in, in Bombay and other places which lives basically lives in a bit of a bubble as of if course. this caste thing doesn't matter of you course. know in, like, I mean like in terms of that yeah. so the more the reality is portrayed uh, with some cinematic license the, yeah. like the better it is Now, of course sometimes it ends up being totally jarring a bit because uh, take this example of Mirzapur which mm-hmm. has obviously been you know like a much talked about series so we went to Mirzapur too as part of our election travels hmm. and what found, we found striking was that the celluloid image was so different compared to what the reality really? there was. So if we go to Mirzapur. Huh. It's basically like the reality is very prosaic. Hmm. There's you know This is what reality is. This is what things are like. In terms of as far as, a, you know, like on the ground, there yeah. was no sort of feeling that you're going to be bumped off at any point in time right. as the
1: gun toting you know, gangs it, are not walking around. Yeah, you know, like
2: walking around. I'm sure huh. that's a subculture. So this they, sp- right. they spoke to us there about how, you know, uh, the kind of lifestyles that people are living mm-hmm. in the, in the, uh, in the, um, uh, jails that yeah. the Dawns are living in but there was no feeling that this is like about to erupt into something very yeah. sort of you know very sinister or very dangerous uh, just mm. now mm. so I think that bringing out more of the true stories about what's really happening out there like you know and on these trips we've had such amazing encounters we've we have, we have inca- had encounters with the dacoits and really? yeah in terms of you know what and what they've had to stay with we've, uh, we've spent time in the Chumble oh, area yeah. you know with the former dacoits uh, yeah. etc out there Uh uh, like Mohar Singh and, uh, and things. So, to me, it's about there's so many of these fascinating stories to be told. Mm-hmm. And how do you bring it out and tell it in a way which appears to be realistic? Yeah. Uh, because the stories don't have to be dramatized much. They're so fascinating right. on their own. Like, yeah. uh, you know, Jalalitha's wa- uh, life. There's mm-hmm. so much to be told about that. Uh, you know, like how she sort of grew up in this very patriarchal society, the sort of discrimination she faced. Uh, and then how she became so sort of reclusive, and yet she was a very learned person and also very careful about how she would, what she would eat, where she would go, travel with her own entourage, as I mentioned in the book, with her yeah. own bed sheets, with her own sort of curtains even, right. you know, like that much sort of, like, you know, that sort of, as some people call it, like almost germophobic in yeah. terms of how she was. So there are these very fascinating stories of these characters mm-hmm. which are, you know, which can be told, but it can be done in a way which is realistic. It doesn't have to be told in a way which is Totally sort of, you know, like, I mean, like over the top and dramatized. So that's what I'm hoping that that's the contribution I think that these artists can make Mm. much more as they sort of grow up and project that and go and uh, immerse themselves Mm. in the lives of these uh, of small town India. And that's what I've tried to do, which is that what exactly is life in small town India all like? Are you writing scripts on the side? <laughs> <laughs> That's for someone to... But I'm saying that, you know, that yeah. a, like all these fascinating stories. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's not for me to write, but, you know, for you know, for people to sort of figure out as to what they can bring out, like, right. um, on these... And, you know, like, it's just so much part of our conversation. Like, you go to Bihar. And I remember we went to Bihar just around the time that Abharan, the, the yeah. Prakash Shah movie, was being released. And, like, in Bihar, what a, you know, sort of cult figure he is. Mm. In, like, uh, because he's captured some of these... Of things course. you know very yeah. accurately. So we went to bethia in the Chaparan mm-hmm. region, mm-hmm. where this was uh, you know where a, lo- a lot of his sort of scenes are, are set. And, and and what we experienced ourselves how kidnappings they were being done in the year two thousand five for just fifty or hundred rupees basically mm-hmm. as as like ra- as like ransom out there. Then we went to Bhagalpur. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bhagalpur is a, you know like another area where the blindings take yeah. place. And I think that that's what all, like often happens with Bollywood films that you or with uh, things that you now tend to remember places
1: correct because yeah, of
2: that yeah because of that one yeah. you know because of that one incident yeah. you know which uh, took place out there bagalpur uh, you know the the blindings again mm-hmm. which were captured in some of his mm-hmm. some of his films i think vishal bhardwaj the way he captures what happens in uh, western uttar pradesh uh, in his movies he does yeah. that he yeah. does that so omkara exactly yeah. like omkara yeah. Ishkia as well yeah. and things like he does it so sort of effectively in that so th- those are the kind of stories I think which are waiting to be told and biopics too which will hmm. come out hmm. um, and then as I said that the whole of South India is this, it's just a totally different ball game which again as you know we, the, the, that uh, like even in Mumbai we don't quite understand it That the yeah. power of that regional cinema their Same own like game. regional uh, stars out there yeah, uh, like in terms star. of exactly and you know we've covered some of those campaigns like Chirin GV. what is right. he like right. in terms of out there on the campaign trail yeah. how he manages to get the kind of support he does mm. but very interesting that even when we covered his campaign uh, again he yeah. underwhelmed compared to what was expected out of him given how the star he is as you know right. he's re- he's, he was referred to and probably still is as the Amitabh Bachchan of, of, of the Telugu cinema yeah. uh, but he just wasn't able to sort of get the sort of massive traction that he was. So, I think that film stars in politics in general, their role is overstated. Mm. That at best they can win a constituency. South India, it's 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 more. But mm. even there, I feel that the influence is beginning to ebb somewhat. Okay. It's not the sort of cult worship that we used to get of film stars of NTR or right. Karanri or even Jalalitha mm. that uh, we got for the past three or four decades.
1: Mm. You know, uh, Rujit, I've been a journalist for now, what? More than 20 years, right? And and I've always felt like that the divisions that exist outside of Mumbai don't um, really sort of aren't as set in stone within the film industry because truly the only God that's worshipped is the box office. Right? right? Everyone's very clear. Farah Khan had once told me that uh, you know, they don't care if it's a man, woman or a dog behind the camera as long as the film makes a hundred crores. Uh, but you know, over the last few years I can see the polarization. I hear people talking about oh he's right wing oh he's left wing you know these kind of things is this stuff we should be concerned about
2: absolutely i mean i think that it's like you know like social media has really amplified that that's so now easy to take down anyone yeah. on social media and because you people track it themselves or like other people people are very conscious of what what's being said there so mm-hmm. i think that Really, I'm at a stage where I feel that it's playing a much more negative role than I mean, like at times in a positive role, just because of the way that things are taken down and people are taken down. It's very shrill and and very polarizing. So yeah, Yeah. I think that's an absolutely valid point. And uh, you know, like uh, I'm at a much smaller sort of scale, but I see you know what stars must be going through because. I see the sort of feedback which comes in now. It's like, you know, it can be so hostile. You make one comment somewhere. Absolutely. And it's like organized. You know it. That, you know, like if you make one comment, you know, which sounds against the other side or something like that, then it's just basically very hostile and it's organized. That sort of comes through. But that's a reality I feel for. And, you know, like uh, across the world, I think people are grappling with it that if you look at political leaders across the world, their approval ratings are in general quite low now, mm. compared to what they used to be. Mm. And part of this is this, they're just taking people down on social media, yeah. and you know, taking anyone down, has become so much easier now, yeah. compared to what it used to be in the olden days.
1: Mm-hmm. So in your book of- well, actually, not in it. But behind your book, Richard, right there is a list of accomplishments which I want to read out just so I don't get them wrong. Um, Outlook magazine puts you on a list of the world's twenty-five smartest Indians. Okay, that's that's intimidating. Uh, the World Economic Forum featured you in the world's top young leaders. Foreign Policy magazine put you in the top hundred global thinkers. So my question is: This is there pressure on you to always be smart? Like you know comedians feel like they always need to be funny can you say dumb things and get away with
2: it I have no idea about that <laughs> but yeah I'd say that in terms of I think that it's to, it, it's the same pressure you face like after movies right that, mm-hmm. uh, that I've written two previous books right uh, and the issue is that everyone asks you how is this doing compared to the previous two yeah and for good or for bad the book industry tends to be more opaque mm-hmm. there is no box office uh, you know kind of collection sure. out there which is instantly broadcast yeah. it's much more fragmented you have uh, you know, uh, the, the tracking system is not there, and we don't even have a New York Times bestseller right. list, no which list, is yeah. you know, which is coveted. That yeah. okay, you know, like is your name on that list or it's not on that list. So I'd say that it's just been one of those you know, like sort of things that the pressure is there. But luckily, when you are a writer or an author, you can still hide behind a bit of that compared to the film industry. So, right. but I think what it gives you is a true appreciation of the raw pressure which I think film stars go through. Mm. And that's something which you really feel for because you're so, you know, you just constantly in the spotlight, you're constantly being assessed, your box office numbers are transparent, everybody knows like a new movie gets released and by that uh, late night or next morning yeah. you know exactly what the collection is, your your self-worth to me is always okay. being sort of you know uh, assessed yeah. in yeah. terms of how it is yeah. based on these raw numbers. Mm. So I think that is a very scary thing and even for uh, like film stars and I'm sure i will get to the authors also the same way but even film stars because you know 20-30 years ago again the numbers were much more opaque you could right. you could hide behind it somebody would say something in some trade nobody rag nobody
1: cared you know people the, the box office was within the trade yeah it's not like general people ask you know how much money did it make you yeah. just knew okay this was a hit or this was not a hit but nobody was looking at actual box office figure
2: yeah because now it's like documented it's now like, it's you know,
1: there it's and, and it's it's conversation. You know, yeah. it's general. Like, my mom talks about box office figures. That's right.
2: <laughs> you know? And every metric, like, everyone's counting how many likes you have on, yeah. online yeah. in terms of it, what statement you make, etc. Yeah. So, yeah. so the pressure, I think, in general, for being a public figure yeah. is is much greater today. As an author and a writer, you feel it to some extent, but I can only imagine what it's like for film stars because it's magnified, like, multiple, multiple times. Yeah. Uh, but, like, it also tells me that the... that Possibly what this is also hinting at is that I think what you'll see even with film stars possibly is that the life cycles are going to get shorter
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, because of the amount of overexposure that you have. Like, It's, it's normal now. You don't have that this kind of overexposure yeah. in the, in the old days, but now you have that. You know? So I think that someone made this statement to me that the last truly big star with some mystique and that model was possibly someone like a princess diana that right. you know that you had that mystique and, yeah, and you, you know
0: didn't because you don't know everything you, didn't know everything. you yeah. like you,
2: you know like you only knew what she really wanted you to know and yeah, it yeah. was sort of done in that way yeah. today it's just like you know like you're supposed to know everything i mean every film you talk about even a book you talk about you're just supposed to go and tell everyone everything about yourself correct. and so then you wonder that after a while you know that old line goes in the end every hero becomes a bore and (laughs) that is something which I you know like always feel is something which people today have to fear in this more active social media world
1: but you're getting asked in all the interviews I saw to call the election (laughs) and you're you're sort of 50-50 you're hedging your bets no but hedging
2: it because I you know like I made a statement last year I made a statement last year around this time and people asked me this Hmm. and I said that listen at that point in time, I said that the probability of Modi winning the election was 99% according to the conventional wisdom. Right. Or it used to be. I think it's more like 50-50 and I got a, so much pushback and you know, like you can imagine. So in is terms there of pressure
1: it, on that? That's my question. Absolutely, there is pressure. You must be wondering what to say all the time.
2: Yeah, yes. So I'm saying that, but yet you have to sort of know that what will make you you over time and what and why people will want to read what you write or buy your books is if they know that you're speaking your mind. Yeah. So I try my best to do that. But unfortunately, you have to be conscious that you don't want one wrong headline to completely take yeah. away. Derail
1: everything. Derail
2: everything. Yeah. Like even yeah. in this, uh, uh, you know, speaking about my books, if I end up saying something which sounded a, a bit pro Priyanka Gandhi, because mm-hmm. she came there and we've spoken about how she like uh, been a very good campaigner, mm-hmm. Without people reading the second part, Correct. you know, where you say that, it, that it's, too late. it's too yeah. late for it's her to make a difference and yeah. do that. Yeah. By then people are like, okay, you know, that, that you know, that, you know, like he's right. basically biased and this is what it does. So I think you have to be careful about that. But I'm hoping that people who read the entire narrative will say, hey, you know, like he's speaking his mind and look at the track record in the past. That, okay, yeah. what is this person said? And that's the, I guess the one good thing about online, you can argue we've bashed a lot of online and social media here that what you said in the past sort of stays with you much sure. more. Uh, that people can go back and say, okay, what was the track record? What was said to us in the past? Yeah, so yeah. that sort of stays with you.
1: Yeah. So so they'll figure it out.
2: Yeah, they'll figure it out. We hope. You, you <laughs> hope so. But the right. but the pressure is absolutely like intense. But
1: Ruchi, you have seen more of India in 25 years than most of us will ever see in a lifetime. Right? You, okay. you, you've you seen the corruption. You've seen the desperate living conditions, the poverty. Um, you know, I want to read out, you say in your book that Even Indian leaders with the best intentions struggle to deliver because the Indian state is simply not up to the task of delivering competent services to more than a billion people speaking in more than 30 official languages and 100 more unofficial tongues across 29 states, which are in effect, much like separate countries. Given this, given all that you've seen, how do you still manage to be optimistic? Because this book ends optimistic, yeah, yeah, you say democracy is, is thriving. What makes you optimistic about India?
2: On the very basic point, why democracy is thriving is this: as I said, the fact that we're going to have such a competitive election, even though the government has all the advantages in its favor, from yeah. you know, like f- from all the money it can sp- uh, spend, from all the uh, you know, sort of um, uh, media con- uh, sort of domination that it has, the fact that you're still going to have such a competitive election. Tells you how deeply rooted democracy in this country is. That even in
1: and that's something to applaud. Yeah, I
2: mean, I mean, that's something for us to celebrate. Right. at the end of the day, that's what also leads to greater creativity. I think that if you have this more democratic culture, polity, that's what leads to yeah. you know, much greater creativity. Is my is my feeling.
1: And what would your advice be to Bollywood as we head into elections? How should we survive this?
2: Well, one is I think like to encourage a lot of turnout. I mean that's what they can do. I mean like to to sound more you know like active about it. Yeah, I think to the extent possible, not to be scared to express their opinions. But I think, I, I know that's going to fall on deaf ears. Uh, so that's not going to do. Mm-hmm. But if you do, uh, if you want to appear uh, sort of nonpartisan, then don't...
1: Don't speak at all.
2: Yeah, don't speak at all. Rather than trying to make these sort of, you know, fake statements which appear, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we're trying to sound good and and like politically correct. because That is very inauthentic and does more injustice mm-hmm. to what the, you know, like what the true cause is. Like, I mean... I say this even to my sort of business friends. And often when the cameras go on, they'll say something very positive. The moment the cameras go off, Hmm. then they go back to sort of, you know, speaking their frank mind about what it is. That dissonance for me jars. So you're better off saying nothing and saying, okay, I don't want to be part of this uh, in terms of as far as that's concerned. And apart from that, as I said, that my own sort of hope is that more of these stories about what's happening in two-thirds of India, uh, which lives in the morphecil, as we put it, that that comes out. Hmm. That for me is the... Is what will, you know, like, is the best contribution I think that Bollywood can make Mm -hmm. over time.
1: I I couldn't agree more, Richard. Thank you so much and all best for the book.
2: Thanks. Great to do this with you. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. If you like this video, do subscribe to Film Companion.
0: If you liked what you just tuned into, then subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. You can now also follow Film Companion on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal.